Welcome everyone to episode number 11 of the Lead Volunteers Podcast. We are thrilled that you are here. I'm your host, Jeff Reining. And my name is Josh Denhart. Thank you so much for joining us. The Lead Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, turn volunteer pains into ministry gains. Yeah, we want to help you get skills, get inspired, and get moving. Exactly. So here's the thing. We want you to get skills. We want you to find more joy in ministry and have more tools in your toolbox so that you can prevent burnout. We also, however, want to get you inspired. We want to give you some great stories, some great inspiration, and help you remember that it's worth it. Your labor in the Lord isn't in vain. But we also want to get you moving. There's nothing better than a swift kick in the pants to help you use those skills, take that inspiration, and go someplace with it. Am I right, Jeff? Absolutely. So we're in the middle of this two-part series where we're talking about killing volunteers, either the unfortunate act of killing (laughs) volunteers, either through burnout or boredom. There's two sides to the coin on that. And so last episode, we talked a lot about burnout and overworking our volunteers. And so why don't we recap a little bit of that before heading into uh, this next section on boring our volunteers out of our ministry. (laughs) So burnout, right? We had talked last time about this crazy process of finding some data or some metrics. Do you say data or data, by the way? Um, I think data. Data, thank you. Data. I do too. I'm a data guy. Mm-hmm. For all of you listening who are dataers, that's we love fine. We, you're great people. It's potato, potato. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now, by the way, I got this is terrible that we're going here, but do you know, like, which way do you put the toilet paper on? Over. Uh, it like rolls over. Yeah, as everyone should. It's the way it was drawn up in the original plans. <laughs> Let's not go into this, but it's just the right way. So, uh, and you know, since it's just us talking, like they, they can yell in their car. Exactly. No, what? no. But talking about burnout. Leave a right? comment under or under. <laughs> <laughs> yes, leave a comment over or under. Um, I would say that burnout is the single biggest thing that I was afraid about, Jeff, um, as a ministry leader. My biggest fear was burning or hurting a volunteer through overworking them. And by the way, I think we should be I think we should be thoughtful about that because, as Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Um, a lot of research shows for about the last fifty years that research has been taken on this that about twenty percent of people do eighty percent of the work in the church. Mm-hmm. We all know that to be true. Um, I have been that volunteer who's been burned by having too much be expected of me. So we have that mentality that we could be burning people out. Um, If people burn out, they often tell their friends that this is a very unhealthy place to serve, this particular area in the ministry. Mm -hmm. Word travels. We don't want that to happen. Now, one thing as a review, what we did is we started to find some quantitative, as in quantity, we started to, to, to put numbers to how many times or how many slots someone was serving. That at least gave us a starting point to say this person is serving 40 slots a year. This is a school year commitment. And then from that, we at least had some data to look to see if they were behaving, I guess, qualitatively in a healthy or unhealthy way. Meaning, were they coming up, you know, calling in sick all the time or or not showing up or not coming prepared? Those were all anecdotal or qualitative means or metrics by which we could say they might not be healthy. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then we also talked about just the putting your head on, hand on the forehead of right. your volunteers, that, that qualitative data where we can see how they're doing how in they're doing. their volunteer role and even going as far as the, like you said, dun, 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 
asking them how they're doing <laughs> in their volunteer role and being able to do that little check to see yes. if they are feeling the burden too much, even whether they're serving 11 times a year or yes. 90 times a year. Yes. There's there's different carrying capacities for each person, but what are they feeling? Are what they are, feeling yeah, how, how is it landing with them? Are they feeling alive or are they feeling like they're being used and abused, right? Exactly. And, and I'll, I'll never forget this one guy. He served 96 slots a year and he was as healthy as could be, meaning that he had a higher ca- carrying capacity than this dear woman who was serving in the nursery less than once a month. And it was a heavy, heavy, heavy burden for her, mm-hmm. right? So life circumstance plays into that. But I, I still think workload, this idea of workload, it cuts both ways, right? It's not just burnout. Yeah, we can have too much on our volunteers, but we could also be boring our volunteers. And that's where we're headed today. That's so exactly right. Josh, you want to kind of lead us into that? How how can we bore our volunteers out of our ministry? That's <laughs> yeah. something that maybe leaders haven't even thought about before. Uh, right, right. And so I think it's actually more sinister than burnout. Now I'm going to tell a quick story. I took over serving at my church um, a very, very, very large event. I was the director of children's ministry for, I think at that point, probably four or five years. I was very successful at what we were doing. We had a lot of great track record in terms of, um, of a lot of things that we were doing. The senior leadership handed me this big event called the Great Pumpkin Party. Now, the Great Pumpkin Party obviously was a big fall fest, and that huge fall fest had about 6,000 people come through over three nights. The first night was opened up exclusively for children and families with special needs. Of course, it had all of your quintessential bounce houses and your carnival games and your candy and your pony rides. It also featured me doing the Amazing Chemistry Show to share the gospel. Very, very, very fun, very effective event. Then it found its way under my leadership. Now, it required a ton of people. It was really kind of your quintessential all hands on deck type event. Mm-hmm. So here I was, I took it over midstream. It had been going on for many years before me. And so here I was, and I saw this lady. I will call her Barb. I'll call her Barb because that was her name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and here's Barb. And by the way, Barb was a, her and her husband were small business owners. She um, had been a deaconess at our church. She was currently running the industrial size kitchen that we had. I mean, she was a power player. She was not, she really knew what she was doing, Mm -hmm. right? And so I saw her and I said, hey, Barb, would you want to serve at the Great Pumpkin Party this year? Instantaneously, she folded her arms, took one step back, and she said, I will never serve at the Pumpkin Party ever again. (laughs) Some reaction. Yeah, it was some reaction. You can't so, see Josh's finger is up too. He's <laughs> yeah, like getting ready to wag my finger at mm-hmm. you. And I said, okay. And before I could say, tell me more, she began to tell me more. And she said, you guys. Now, hang on real quick. Just so you know, I didn't run this thing. This was my first time at this event. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't me, but I was lumped in with you guys because I was on staff. Makes mm-hmm. sense? So she said, you guys stood up on stage and you said you were desperate for volunteers. I cleaned my schedule. I dropped other things that I had to do and I came to volunteer. She goes, I stood in a very long line that was extremely disorganized. And when I got to the front of that line, a, her words, a disheveled volunteer 
looked at me in a frustrated way and said, what, what do you need? She goes, I'm here to volunteer. The volunteer said to her, uh, we have enough. You can go home. <gasps> wow. And so she said, I'm sorry. I cleared my schedule for this. Find me something to do. And the volunteer looked at another volunteer, was annoyed. And this is all being reported to me by this person, right? Mm -hmm. So she said that the volunteer said to her, okay, um, go stand by that door and make sure nobody goes out, okay? And so this super high capacity volunteer who cleared her schedule out now was given a, in a sense, dunce job of standing next to a door and ensuring that nobody left. Wow. So that's that's a fun thing to inherit with this uh, oh. <laughs> new ministry event that you have going on, feeling like you're coming in excited yep. for the first time. How, how are we going to handle this? And going up to one of your key volunteers who I assume you know well. and I do. You're inviting into this alongside of you and immediately getting a hand up and a no thank you not doing that again exactly that's not a fun thing to it's not a fun thing and so i learned a very valuable lesson don't cry wolf what do you mean by that okay so remember that old aesop's fables right you remember mm -hmm. those so here he is aesop and he tells this great story about the young shepherd boy who who runs into town and cries wolf the entire town comes out ah kidding there wasn't a wolf and so he does it again wolf 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 everybody comes crying out no wolf and then the third time he cries wolf everybody's like ah fooled me once however that goes fool me once your fault fool me twice my fault is that how it goes mm -hmm. something like that right and he says wolf and no one comes um we can't cry wolf in ministry we have real needs we've just got to be really 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 dialed in with what our needs really are mm -hmm. now this guy go ahead no, I was just going to ask, when you're saying crying wolf, are you talking about the big ask that was on stage the year before yes. to this woman? Yes. Just to clarify. So, yes. So, And I think the crying wolf can take place more than just crying out from the stage, right? But in mm -hmm. this particular case, uh, uh, the leader before me, who is a friend of mine, he got up and made this desperate cry for volunteers. Why did he do that? Because he didn't know his numbers. Mm -hmm. He didn't really have, he just thought, this is such a huge event, we need, we need everybody. He didn't have, he didn't really have roles that he was filling. He was just lobbing it out there. He assumed he needed more. Makes mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, which creates the situation where we have a high capacity leader standing at the <laughs> door exactly with right. no direction. No and direction, no, no purpose. job description, and no purpose. Mm -hmm. And she cleared her, she actually ditched other things. Yeah. Not cool. So here's the deal. We need lots of volunteers in ministry, right? Mm -hmm. um, but often we think that we need more than we do because we don't even have job descriptions, written out plans. We don't know who's going to be doing what. And we just think that we always need more. Mm -hmm. And so what we can do is just throw out this blanket net or whatever and try to get as many people not knowing that we may actually be over recruiting. Now, there's somebody out there who's going to say that is impossible. I could never have too many volunteers. Not true. Now, in, in, in your case, as a church, you guys have a, a set up and tear down every single week. Am I right? Mm -hmm. And so you're a mobile church. There can be a time where you guys could overreach and have people standing around not 
doing anything of any real productivity. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, absolutely. And so that's the last thing you want. What you want is to have, guys, it's this fine balance, right? It's a razor thin edge where you want people to be using their muscles and be, 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 be putting to use, but you don't want them bored. And so I think it's a real fine, fine, fine line. Now, you had mentioned earlier about a danger that you're finding as a church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, as we've come past the four-year mark, we're growing as a church, and praise God for that, but we're reaching this point where we realize our launch team, who committed to being there, all hands on deck for that first year of ministry, are still doing all of the tasks, so to speak. Right. So year three, we come to realize we're growing as a church, but our volunteer numbers are staying the same because it's just the same people doing exactly. all of the tasks. And so we have realized that even for something like setup and teardown, we are having our highest capacity right. volunteers, board members, and people who are serving all over the place, setting up and tearing down and not being able to take a breath to do ministry, to relate Care with the people. people. Absolutely. And so we're working ourselves back towards the balance, right. realizing that we can't have our high capacity leaders doing something that they, I don't like how I phrase that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Jeff, I, I get what you're saying though. And I, cause I think in a sense, what you might have felt like you were going to say is we don't want our high capacity leaders to be doing a less than high capacity job. Okay. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, setting up, set up and tear down can be, can be done by anyone, right? Mm -hmm. That can be done by just about anybody. An entry level person can do that. But your highest of high capacity leaders, by the way, when the church first started, everybody's pumped, right? Mm -hmm. Your highest capacity level people will do any and all things. But over time, that is that doesn't feel like such a great challenge to them. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then they even given the freedom to leave after to hang out for a while, to talk with people, do ministry and hang out after service without the burden of tearing down and saying, feel the freedom to leave whenever you want without any obligation mm -hmm. to set up or tear down. They now feel guilty of right. like, oh, I, I have to like I sneak out of church because <laughs> I don't want to feel like I'm leaving them behind. Because over the first three years, we had this high not, need, this high need, but this not great system as we continue to grow to fill in gaps in a more appropriate way. Right. So here's the, here's the risk, I think, is that those high, high, high capacity leaders, it felt challenging to them and they felt this sense of exhilaration to do any and all things, mm -hmm. right? But before long, your highest capacity leaders, um, setting up pipe and drape is, not, is no longer challenging for them. Mm -hmm. They may have actually felt in a sense like they conquered that. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. And so... Gosh, I mean, I know some of the board members. They are high-capacity people, mm -hmm. and they need to be tasked with other great things that the church needs. And so we can get those people who are now continuing to do setup and teardown, which is not a high-level, high-intellect job. Do you follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And for this example, I think that's absolutely right. But for the person listening and to try to apply to their ministry context maybe. How do you see your volunteers and notice maybe some signs of boredom? Last episode, we talked about putting your hand on the forehead yeah. to notice some signs of burning out and overwork. How can you do that in the same way and notice some signs of boredom? Ah, this is the worst one. Looking at their phone. Hmm. Am I right? Definitely. I mean, that that is the universal indicator that you have checked out, right? Mm -hmm. And... As a public speaker, I travel the country and I speak. Um, I'm conscious of that. If people are whipping out their phones, dude. But like if a volunteer 
If they're not engaged, they're going to seek, sadly, to engage with something that's going to give them that dopamine rush. Guess what? I want them to be getting a buzz, a ministry buzz, off of the great work that they're doing and, and the challenge that that provides for them. Um, again, to be truthful with you, I would say that we always need to be putting our hand on their forehead, and that's going to give us an indication whether they're maybe a little hot, maybe a little bit of a fever, but it really comes down to, uh, okay, how about this? Um, I, I know a lot of doctors, and a lot of symptoms could be leading toward the same thing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so you're like, ooh, they're looking a little queasy. Is it typhoid or is it food poisoning? Do you follow <laughs> what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, but those have two completely different like real problems, but they're showing the same signs. I'm going to say uh, boredom and burnout could show some of the same signs. Showing up late, they don't care. Mm -hmm. Canceling frequently, don't care. Checking out, looking at their phone, that's a great one for boredom. My point is, is that some of the same symptoms, or excuse me, some of the same signs that I see in people, it comes down to me asking them personally, that's the next step, mm -hmm. like how, how is this role working for you? Oh, it's great. It's fine. So I get it. But how is it really working for you? Mm -hmm. And I've seen people who have come forward. Have, you know, they can see that I care. And they're, I'm, they're finding themselves not challenged. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So the next question then being, how do you challenge this board leader? How do you move them along this, this scale and graph that we've been talking about? Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm going to turn the tables just a little bit and say, even to us as leaders, now I'm going, to, I'm going to turn the tables, we'll come back to what it looks like for volunteers. But I'm going to say to you as a leader who's listening, if you are coasting, you are going downhill. I personally am a lifelong learner. Jeff, I know you're a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. I want to seek to always be creating something new, right? I always want to create something new. That, but, but what happens with me is that catapults me into a space where I now need more info. Or I actually need... To, to learn a new skill or whatever in order to conquer the hill that's now set in front of me. Josh, me, I like challenges. However, I find myself stranded sometimes in the middle, halfway through the journey. Why? Because I need a new skill before I can move forward. I often say, oh my good gracious, what have I got myself into? I want volunteers sometimes to say, oh my word, what have I got myself into? Why? Because I want them to realize that the skills that they currently have might not allow them to scale that new mountain right in front of them. So midway through the journey, people might need to gain new skills in order to keep moving. Here's the thing. Hard work and skill development keep me fresh. It keeps you fresh. It keeps your volunteers fresh. You don't need a safe rut. Safe ruts are not motivating and they absolutely don't inspire me. So for me, I'm always putting new things in front of me that often cause me to go beyond what my current skill set allows for. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm going to often push people past what they're currently comfortable in. Now, I'm going to be cautious about that. And by the way, I don't do this with everybody. I have what I call my, my faithful few, my five to six people that I'm truly pouring into for a year. And I'm going to push them to do things that they're currently not doing that are going to make them better. As in, by the way, I was, I'm just being honest with you. I was, a, I was probably one of the best teachers in terms of teaching the Bible and teaching through illustrations church-wide. 
that didn't mean that I needed to be in that role doing it all the time. I found other people who I could train to teach and they were like, whoa, 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 this is way too much for me. Perfect. That's exactly what I want. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But not in a way like we were talking about last week yeah. where we push them into a oh. state of burnout or giving them too much. Or giving them too much. Giving or them something outside of their gift zone. set, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm learning who they are. This is well within their gift set, but they're just not experienced. And so what I do then is that I walk very, very, very closely with them. And I say, hey, in two to th- maybe three weeks, you're going to be up front live teaching whoa, slow down. Mm -hmm. And then I say, now I want you to watch me this week teach. Oh man, are you kidding me? You're going to be fine. You're fine. So then they watch me. I go to lunch with them. We hang out. We prepare together. Mm -hmm. I have them maybe rehearse it with me, whatever. I don't know. And then we watch them do it. And they're like, dude. And by the way, was it great? It was good. It was good. Mm -hmm. And so then these people, I'm pushing them past what they're currently used to. And that is a sense of inspiration to them. That's not going to keep them bored because now they're being pushed. Love seeing that and knowing that it works too. Doing, seeing that live in my ministry and seeing you do that in your ministry too. It's an effective way to bring people out of boredom and give them more responsibility Absolutely. and brings more value to what they're doing too. Are there any other things that you'd want to point out to the ministry leader to look out for when it comes to boredom or anything that they can do out of that? Yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say, are you consistently engaging with people in their lives? That's it. I mean, we say this all the time, Jeff. Ministry is a people work. Mm-hmm. It's people business. And so I would say um, if, if you are sending somebody off to go volunteer and you're not checking in with them and you're not like relating to them, how would you even know, right? And so boredom for me is making sure that I'm personally investing in them. And I can't do that with a hundred people. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I do it with, neither did Jesus, by the way, right? Yep. He had he Peter, different levels. He had different levels and Peter, James, and John. And so I am going to be pushing a select few into greater levels of engagement. By the way, um, please understand that I stay engaged as a leader when I'm challenging somebody to go beyond themselves. Why? Because I got to be in their world teaching them how to do which I'm already equipped at doing. Mm -hmm. So it's a win-win for everybody. Um, I have sought to not be bored in my ministry and I'm always putting new challenges in front of myself. The bottom line is I usually don't have what it takes to climb that next hill. Halfway through, I got to learn something new. It's true of our volunteers as well. Gotcha. So what would you say to the person listening as they take this home with them? They're looking for signs of boredom and burnout throughout their volunteers, putting their hand up, getting involved in their lives. What's the, what's a key challenge they can take home with them? You know, I would say a similar challenge first for what we talked about last week. Simply ask, Mm -hmm. ask a volunteer, how is it going? And when they give you that canned answer, oh, it's going fine. It's going great. Ask again. And really, you really? And how are you really doing exactly? And then the next thing when it comes to burn, excuse me, to boredom, which is what we're talking about today, I would I would seek to find ways to push your current volunteers. And I got to tell you, in a couple of episodes, we're going to be talking about multiplying yourself in ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And that means you, the ministry leader, no longer doing everything in the ministry. And as you don't do everything in the ministry, you're going to be pushed to give away ministry, which is going to cause people to get out of their comfort zone. That doesn't bore them. 
that gets them more alive than ever. Absolutely. Well, that gives us something to take home and something to look forward to in the next couple of episodes. So we're excited that you joined us for another episode of the Lead Volunteers podcast. Hey, listen, if this podcast has been inspirational and motivating for you, I want to invite you to do two things. One, subscribe to the podcast. Just scroll down and click subscribe and then check out leadvolunteers.com. Absolutely. We're so glad that you guys joined us. We'll see you next time.